Hello and welcome to the Geek Standing Boyle Retrospective Podcast, where our UK team will be looking through the entire cinematic work of director Danny Boyle in chronological order, from his 1995 debut Shallow Grave to this year's Trainspotting 2. We'll have a new podcast up every Wednesday and every Saturday leading up to the US release of T2 on March the 17th. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout, and Geeks and Tessellate do not represent any of the companies or creative talents involved with any of these films. This podcast is 100% unofficial and independent. Geeks! <laughs> thinking Geeks! Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Geeks Danny Boyle Retrospective Podcast Special Extravaganza. Probably a more succinct, tweetable <laughs> sentence would be advisable <laughs> for our series. Somewhere in um, there. Yeah, we are on our fifth movie in the Danny Boyle retrospective. This is, means we're on 28 Days Later, his fifth cinematic movie. I'm your host, Dal White. Joining me for all of the 12 Danny Boyle films on the lead up to Train Spotting 2. Harukabe. And. Alison Holland. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hello. Um, so, yeah, 28 Days Later, uh, dot, 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 technically. That's what it's called. Uh, 2002 is when it came out, two years after his previous film, The Beach. Doesn't have much of a relaxing time between his movies. And mm-hmm. to make it even less relaxing, after The Beach, he, within one year, made two direct-to-TV movies. Um, so he did two films between The Beach and this, and then made this as well. So within three years, two cinematic films, two TV movies. He moves quick. Mm. He does. Energetic he man. <laughs> Um, directed by Danny Boyle, of course, written by Alex Garland. So uh, for those of you at home who listen to our podcast, uh, film by film all the way through, you might recognize Alex Garland, obviously, from the last film, The Beach. However, what's kind of weird is that Alex Garland wrote the novel, The Beach, but then Danny Boyle had gotten his, up until that point, only screenwriter, John Hodge, to adapt it. Whereas now he's shaken off John Hodge and he's got Alex Garland to write a completely new film as a screenplay for him. Yeah. Which is interesting. That kind of like shift is like handed over the torch. We had like one film to kind of use both of them and then replace yeah. John Hodge with Alex <laughs> Garland. Like essentially. Him. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, where's my info on the budget? So I think this cost $8 million. Is that correct? Yep, $8 million. Went on to make a worldwide gross of nearly $83 million. Pretty good. Um, so mm. a great return, but you know, it's a horror movie. So what do you expect? It's a lot less budget than The Beach, right? Um, the Beach was 12 million. Okay, so not something. that much, but... Mm, not that much, but yeah, Still. again, you're making a horror movie, so it's going to make a lot more money back. Plus, mm. they shot, um, and this is very important with this film, so this film's historically very important in film, because uh, it was shot with the XL1, the Sony XL1, which was one of the first uh, prosumer um, digital cameras on the market. That doesn't mean HD. This was before HD. Um, and this wasn't the first i mean i don't i'm sure we learned in college this wasn't the first digital film but this was certainly the first mainstream in cinemas multiplexes digital film and it did change film it really did it changed like after this like uh, the beach was the last danny boyle film um shot with film and for a lot of um directors they started swapping over after this but it took a few more years because we weren't quite there yet it really took till hd um for most directors to jump on board haruka yes What's your history and your relationship with 28 um, Days Later? I've seen it many, many times. Um, enough times um, to know, I won't say half of the dialogue, but okay. definitely like <laughs> one third of the dialogue by heart. Is it the screams? 
Mostly, yes. Is it yeah. the hello? Yeah, hellos, yeah. <laughs> There's quite a few of hellos in there. So, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're a fan. I am, yeah. <laughs> Unless you just really hate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a fan. And it's definitely my favorite zombie apocalypse slash outbreak film. Okay, wow. Um, so, yeah. And I, I like that genre, so... Like Nelson, you are a newcomer to this one, I take it as well? I am. Did you know much about it before going in? I did from us. We would, you and Alberto also, but for sure you would reference this a lot through our pre-production meetings and on set. And so I heard lots about it before coming into this tonight. Okay. What yes. was I saying about it? I don't remember referencing. I'm sure I did, but I don't remember what I was talking about. I don't know. We referenced a lot of movies, but I this did. one definitely came up a lot. That's true. I think I remember actually talking about with this one. Oh, yeah, because we were obviously dealing with apocalyptic stuff and how to get mm-hmm. more people. And I remember, and I say these things now, I've said them so many times, you kind of doubt, where did I get the sources from? But I, <laughs> I remember reading in an interview with someone, I thought it was Daniel Paul, but they were talking about how, yeah, they got a lot of the empty streets of London because there's a lot of empty London at the beginning and a lot of places which are, you're right in the center of London. If you're choosing to do empty London shots, you wouldn't do these streets. Like, they're crazy streets that mm. don't get... And I remember reading like, yeah, they were shooting in summer and they would just come out at four in the morning as soon as daybreak went. We'd try and get 10 seconds with nobody there, throw a bit of litter, add a little extra litter and effects. Um, obviously, they had some setups like the turn of a bus and like a few mm-hmm. ones that they had, you know, spent time and money on. And for everything else, they just had basically pretty girls who would stand on the corners of the roads oh, yeah. and yeah. try and delay the traffic for an extra 10 seconds <laughs> from coming around just so they can grab it. And I remember them saying, uh, maybe it was the editor actually, because I remember them saying, like, if you move one frame either side of what the shot is, then you'll see a car or a person or someone, like, coming to view, and they just squeezed as much as they could. Right. What they got. Um, which looks great, like, like the the opening empty street shots. Are mm. cool. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I, like I said, like, this, um, I was actually at film college when this came out, and at film college, it was kind of confusing because I had a film degree and then they started to realize they had to have a digital degree, but they didn't know what to call it. So they called it New Media for a while and they changed names three times in <laughs> the three years I was there. And then 28 Days Later came out bang smack in the middle of me being there um, and really kind of shook people up. Uh, there was a scene shot around the corner from us, so everyone was excited about that. And uh, I actually ended up writing a sort of thesis on believing, yeah, digital was going to change cinema and not for the better was my <laughs> take on it at the time um and yeah it's 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 it is weird coming back to it now because i warned you before we watched it like we're watching the blu-ray version of this and this is not a format in like standard digital from 2002 that should have been put into hd blu-ray because <laughs> it does look pretty ugly um and i don't think Gen- I mean, I don't know. Maybe did you, did you notice Alison at all? Like, did it look weird to you at the beginning, or do you know it's just not okay? Uh, no, I didn't really notice anything. There were random things that I couldn't figure out, like the rain falling at s- some points looked like snow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was an effect or if it was lighting or. That was a bit of sh- yeah, shutter speed and, yeah, then, yeah. and then lighting. Um, yeah, different random things like that. But okay, mm-hmm. so this is the thing: is like we as like as. Just, just to talk a bit as you know, filmmakers looking at stuff like this. As filmmakers, we put so much effort into trying to make stuff look beautiful, or use the right equipment, and use the right lenses, or the right depth of field and stuff. And you waste so much time on set mm-hmm. getting that stuff right. When the honest truth is, to regular people watching a movie not with those eyes on, mm-hmm. no one cares. Yeah. And this yeah. film, this is it's an not, and I'm not talking from directing, I'm not talking from editing or cinematography, but just from a technical point, this is an ugly, ugly film because the camera they shot it on is really ugly, and. 
it can't handle data and there's loads of shots where things are pixelated and the shots where you can't really see what's going on and why just because it can handle it if it's too bright it can't handle the information mm. so it just mm. like becomes this white digital haze if it's too dark it can't handle information so it gets really grainy there's like a perfect spot in between <laughs> that every now and then it'll hit and it's okay um but it looks really really bad and it's yeah just kind of like something i think filmmakers need to remember is like at the end of the day as long as you're getting you know the energy into the shoot yeah. and you're getting a good edit going and your acting's yep. good and your story's good the writing's good, good yeah yep. yep. no one cares yep. no one cares very true um which even knowing that you still can't it's still so hard to like <laughs> accept that when you're on the set <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah but yeah. i want it to look beautiful <laughs> <laughs> so um who shall we go with for our synopsis today hey do we go back to that site again the one that got everything wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hang on one second. So that's the first one that comes up. So just catch people up if you just happen to be dropping in on this as a first podcast um, with us. We'll do a brief synopsis of the film and then we're going to go for it scene by scene, break it down um, and yeah, divulge more information about our feelings. So where do we go? That one's too big. This one is too big. <laughs> Should have done this before. <laughs> I can I can summarize it in five words probably. Let's hear it. Okay. Um. No, oh, no. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> London. Yep. Infected. Manchester. Are you just doing hashtags right now? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello again. Yep. Like that you sandwich it with Hello. Um, well, honestly, yeah, I was writing this one down and I was saying I'm kind of getting exhausted writing the long synopses in each of these films. This one's a lot easier to do. Essentially, some um, what do you, activists, I guess, break into a Cambridge uh, testing clinic where there's a lot of chimpanzees um, in cages and they break them out despite uh, not a doctor. What do you call them? A um, Scientist? Yeah, yeah, scientist man. <laughs> scientist <Doctor>. man. <laughs> Despite a scientist um, telling them, uh, not to because the monkeys are infected with rage, they still do it. The monkeys get out. Of course, bite people. They start turning into infected immediately within like 10 seconds. Um, and then you queue to 28 days later uh, and our lead character played by Killian Murphy. Whoop. Um, <laughs> I love him. You get to see his butt twice and his penis once. Yeah. <laughs> um, Winning. He's waking up in a hospital. <laughs> Everything's already happened. It's 28 days of the apocalypse has happened. London's basically empty. He's missed it all. And he goes out. He meets a couple. One of them dies. <laughs> he keeps traveling with one of them. They meet another couple. They decide to get out of London because some, some soldiers have set like a, a looped um, radio transmission saying that there is a cure to the disease and to come to North Manchester to find their barracks. They travel up there. Some shit happens. No one dies, though. They get there. Um, And guess what? As is normal with zombie films, it's the people who are really to be feared. And the soldiers turn out to be a bunch of assholes. Um, They have a chained up zombie uh, toy, I guess, kind of thing. Mori toy subject. Yeah, study. Yeah, to study. Um, and then a big fight breaks out. Um, they try and rape the two girls, essentially, and yep. try and shoot Jim and leave him in the woods. And Jim escapes, comes back, hunts them all down one by one, sets zombies on the ones that he doesn't hunt down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and three of them manage to escape uh, to, uh, where is it? I had it written down. The countryside in Cumbria, um, where 28 days later... 
the zombies and the infected are beginning to starve to death and the air force notice their sign saying hello, hello. <laughs> and presumably pick them up for safety and good times and gummy bears and all that stuff gummy bears unless you was 28 weeks later and <laughs> then you find out what happens um honestly it's really that simple like and that's kind of what i like about horror films and i like about post-apocalyptic films is that they can be just that simple because what it's really about are the people and what the shit that's thrown at them and it's just about the minutiae of like what's happening in the scene is it cool do we care is it emotional is it scary whatever uh, whereas like the convoluted plot like the less convoluted a horror film the better for me mm. for instance for me um the beginning of this film is something that i could do without but actually sorry quickly before we get into that I do like to recount the films that came out in the year that this came out, just so we get some perspective on where this fits in cinema history. 2002 also gave us my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> it's a great one. Yep. We were yes. right in the middle of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Part two was coming out that Ooh. year. We just had part one a few months before. Spider-Man 1 was coming out from Sam Raimi. The Bourne Identity was about to begin. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. We were in, and this took me by surprise, Star Wars Episode 2 was coming out. Oh, so... We were in prequel territory and in the middle of that at the same time as Lord of the Rings, which I completely oh. forgot. So uh, you and McGregor was already busy filming. <laughs> that's true. You were making white hot trash. Right. <laughs> uh, we had Ice Age 1, which seems like a long time ago. Uh, we had Signs, uh, quite apt for us this week. We had The Ring, um, the remake, and Lilo and Stitch, my personal favorite Disney oh. animation. Oh. It's a great film. 2002. Um, Boyle, Daniel Boyle, by the way, was 46, 47 when he made this film, or when it came out, anyway. Hmm. And it starred Brendan Gleeson, Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, and Christopher Eccleston, as well as other people. So, you open on riot footage. Um, yep. It's like mm -hmm. a little montage of riot footage, which then zooms out, and we see it's, uh, we're in, yeah, with a chimp tied up in a Cambridge Primate Research Center, in a kind of clockwork orange sort of setup. Yeah, I suppose you can say that. Yeah. He's been like force fed these images yep. to breed the virus into him. No, I think it's because they've been infected with rage virus. That's I think just it's insight too, Yeah, how, how they, they react, react to it. And stuff. Yeah, couldn't they just play like some angry music or something? <laughs> it seems weird like this TV stimulus. I don't know if that would work with a chimp, but maybe that's... I don't that's know. an interesting point. Um, that's what they were trying to find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. And then you get a whole open sequence of them breaking it out. So this is always a big thing. With, I think there's a couple of big things with zombie films, and we'll get into one of them later. Uh, but one of them is always, do you need to know how it happened? Like, do you need to know? And there's the people who fall into the camp of, I need to know how it started, where the virus came from. Is it alien? Is it scientific? Is it, you know, whatever, just mystical? Um, and then the people who would rather just know nothing and just like bring the zombies on. Jump I know a lot of people mm -hmm. have had problems. I'm not up to date with Walking Dead right now, but right. I know in the comics, a lot of people have problems with how they weren't dealing with how, where it came from. Right, right. Um, well, how do you guys feel about that stuff? You're a zombie fan. Yeah. What do you look for in your zombie films? Um, to be honest, um, what I love about this particular film um, is that it doesn't deal... It's 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 a great zombie film but it's also a great human drama and for mm -hmm. me the human drama part's really important in like horror films as well mm -hmm. um so yeah i guess if it was missing that opening part then i don't think it would have bothered me but then i guess this film is dealing with the whole like yeah the real monsters are humans kind of thing so that it kind of all ties 
Impact even, even activists yeah being a part of it and then scientists being a part of yeah, it yeah the scientists well. being you know assholes to animals started the whole mm -hmm. outbreak so yeah it's it's an interesting you know um bonus i suppose okay i have to blame it on cambridge my hometown yeah oh yeah <laughs> um allison yes do you need to know whether like if you, so let's just say you start the film like walking dead starts with killing murphy waking up in a hospital bed mm-hmm how that affected how you really felt about it? Um, I don't know that it would have bothered me in terms of how I feel about apocalypse films or outbreak films. But I, as we're watching all of these, I feel like with each podcast, we talk about how at the beginning of it, you're kind of thrown into the chaos. Mm -hmm. So you immediately have an idea of where it's going, what's happening, and this, the fastest speed we'll be at probably. Mm -hmm. So when it jumps into all of the riot footage and initially I assumed that was like, I didn't assume it was someone or some animal watching it on screens, but I assumed that's what's going on in the world and that's the world we're going to be living in for the whole film. So in terms of Danny Boyle and what he's been doing with the movies we've been watching, it fits mm -hmm. and it gives you a good idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can, yeah that makes sense. Actually. Can I just point out that you just said... In Walking Dead, it start, yes, Walking Dead did. starts with Killian Murphy waking up in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Which yeah. Isn't easy. With a character waking up, up in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I like. I appreciate you need something with the 28 Days Later because I do really like mm -hmm. that the title of the film is not made a big deal of and it's just like, hey, 28 Days Later. Um, but I, I don't know. I always, oh, I never really liked the opening scene. I don't know. It feels a bit hokey to me. I don't really like seeing the chimps attack them. It feels a bit weird. And... Um, just the, the evil scientist set up for me is kind of always a bit much with a zombie thing right um but yeah i get your point like the the energy is kind of important to get straight into i, I would kind of be happy with it just doing a riot footage and i don't know where you'd put the 28 days later i don't know if that'd fit in then so it doesn't work mm, really. yeah but just going straight from the riot footage to him waking up in the bed i'd be kind of happy with and, mm. and exploring the kind of confusion because as a viewer you know immediately obviously you, you've seen a trailer you've gone into cinema you know what you're getting into mm -hmm. But I know immediately, oh, okay, this is where it came from. This is how quick they turn. This is how fast they are when they run. Like it, that opening scene tells you a lot of information mm -hmm. and how rapid they are and stuff. And at the time, it's important to point out, zombie films were not big at this point. Mm. Um, they had been big in the 80s. They'd gone away. And it's hard to think of now because since this film, and not just this film, obviously, but since the time of this film, the era of this film, zombies haven't really gone away in popular culture. Mm -hmm. They're still very much alive and or undead. Was this like one of the very first infection, like... Um, like rage kind of style, rather? Yeah, than rather than an undead zombies. It was... Apocalypse. I mean, I don't want to pretend like zombies hadn't been coming to straight to DV movies for a long, long right, time. Right, right. But for, yeah, it was definitely the one that kind of... People would say, well, is it a Romero zombie or a Danny Boyle zombie? Right, right, right. Because the Danny Boyle zombies would run and the George Romero classic zombies are shuffling slow, you know. Um, so, yeah, but it did bring in a whole new age for zombie films mm. and zombie computer games and zombie like i think the only ones that's been before this was the resident evil movies started to come out a year before this right but i don't really see them as zombie films they just happen to have a few zombies in them right right and they're definitely the old romero zombies where yeah. this was a new thing and uh, for a lot of people i think who had gotten bored of zombies and didn't find them scary anymore this injected new life into mm. them by having them yeah just be crazy and fast and rabid um what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the opening yeah. being necessary or not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like, I could like it does give you a lot of information. I'd kind of be happier to be on his journey of oh. I don't know what this world is. I don't right. know what's happened. I don't know what the rules are yet kind of thing. I'd find that more scary. Mm. Um, but that's something I think I also we should get into as we go through it. Like, is it... Because, like, I agree with you completely. Like, obviously, like, the best... Well, the most fun horror films don't have to be great human dramas, mm. but the best horror films, for sure, like, need to be great human dramas yeah. as well. Um, but they also need to be scary. And that's kind of oh, yeah. a question Definitely. with this film. Is it right. scary still? Yeah. Um, so Killian wakes up in a hospital. He wanders around London. These are my notes. They're very quite short. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He wanders around London. He doesn't seem that bewildered, really. Uh-uh. Um, you get a nice, yeah, penis ass shot at the beginning. Yeah. Why is that? Why is he naked in the hospital? Fucking bed? love it. This is actually I use this film as an example a lot to people when I'm talking about nudity and things. It's like because mm-hmm. it's just contextual nudity. It's just like it's quite possible that that's how he would have been, or he would have like moved in his sleep, or yeah, he was in the middle of surgery or uh. any bunch of stuff you know that could happen um i fucking love it and i love that it's yeah. a, a guy for once as well um yeah and then they have the i thought say the balls to go through with it but yeah um <laughs> then he wanders around london in his little smock um and he goes to church so okay <laughs> no i do remember when i first saw this when i was 22 and i was like why is his first instinct to go to church and now i because lots of people would go there <laughs> yeah 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 he's like this is where people would go to but he does do it quite nonchalantly he's quite like relaxed about it yeah um and this he's is where you get in a hospital f- that's true mm. um we've also we've so one thing i do want to point out is we've already started our branding in this movie because he straight away goes to the vending machine and you immediately get very obvious product branding which goes all the way through this movie of very in your face yeah. <laughs> But there are two, I'm only mentioning now because there's two different divisions of, like, I've read a lot of theses on this film, and I think a lot of them take it way too seriously and get way too pretentious with it. But I'm interested what you guys think about it at the end. So remind me to come back to the branding. Um, and we got our first moment where he runs into the zombies, because uh, there's a bunch of, lots of dead people in the church. Mm-hmm. And then he calls out, and then two of them suddenly just stand and turn and look. And that, for me, is actually one of the creepiest bits of the movie. There's something about their faces yeah. mm. and they kind of seem blind and their yeah. mouths been open. Their physicality as well. It's yeah. Creepy. You get a bit of what you were talking about last night with rings where they fail to do the Sadako movement and mm. it just kind of, she's just very lucid instead. Mm. And these zombies have that staccato sort of yeah, broken mm, bone yeah. kind of feel to them. I think all the extras had to go through zombie training, yeah. didn't they? So yeah. yeah Makes sense. Very well trained. Yeah, no, Gary, and, and it's always hard with the zombie film because at the end of the day, when you have a lot of zombies, you know, it's hard to have the budget to do all the makeup to the same degree. So this film does definitely deal with pared back makeup. There's no rotting corpses. You don't see bones sticking through or much injury yeah. to mm. the zombies. It's really just people with some blood around their mouths mm. and maybe a bit of... Dirty. Yeah, dirty. Because yeah. they're not dead, are they? They're just... Yeah. Yeah, they're technically they're not dead. Um. Which, yeah, it means it just comes down to the performances, really, and the mm. camera work. And for the most part, I think this film does a good job with the zombies. Mm. There's a few bits which look hokey to me, but for the most part, I think it yeah, does it well. Um, he runs away from the zombies, and then um, a couple of people turn up with gas masks to help him out, throwing kettle bombs at them. You get these cool zombies on fire chasing him, which yeah. is great. It's a cool little montage of... The explosion yeah. as well. Yeah, I really love it. And then you get that, yeah, like a gas station goes up and you get that wide shot of London suddenly mm-hmm. with like an ex- the explosion the in the middle of it. Yeah. Which I feel is really important to this movie because this movie, and it's something I actually love about it, but it feels very cheap 
like it doesn't feel like it costs a lot of money a lot of the time mm. which i actually really like about it but every now and then just having those shots to give you like the breadth of yeah like how much is happening to the you know the world and mm. the scope of it and stuff i think it's really great um so then he goes and meets selena and i forget the other guy's name but he's not a punk because he dies very quickly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um who basically are there to explain to him what happened um, and to explain to him, obviously, it's been 28 days, so he knows roughly how long it's been. And that everybody's dead, and there's no point looking for anybody, and he should just sit back and eat chocolate. Uh, <laughs> just consume. <laughs> That's yeah. the message of the film. Um, but Killian wants to go and check on his parents, or his dead parents, as they call him. Uh, so then the next day, they go out to do that. But beforehand, the guy, whose name I forget, tells his story um, of what happened to him. After, I believe it was. Oh, is it after? Yeah, yeah. I think they're already in the house. Yeah. Okay. Um. So okay, so they get to the house. Yep. Um. They find his parents, of course, dead. They've written him a nice little note. Yeah, um, they killed themselves, and they left him a note saying, uh, "We once we left you sleeping. Yeah. We hope you don't wake up. Yeah, yeah. we're sleeping Something. with you now. Yeah. yeah, which is nice. It's these little details mm-hmm. that in zombie films and stuff like that that really are apocalyptic films like that tell little stories between people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think are really important. Um, yeah, and then the guy tells his story, and it's yeah, actually Selena tells him that his parents died peacefully, so he's very he should count himself lucky. Yeah, and Killian Murphy's like, no, 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 and the guy, yeah. the other guy's like, well, actually, here's my story. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a great little monologue. Yeah, I really love it because it calls back. Are you a fan of Night of Living Dead, the original? Um, not a huge fan. No. I can't say. One of the reasons I love that film is they didn't have the budget, you know, for. Well, they kind of invented zombie movies and then they didn't have the budget for big action sequences or anything. Um, and so they have this guy break into a house and he tells her the story of where he just came from. And whereas you'd be so used to seeing a flashback to that action sequence because we have to see what he's talking about, they don't. And he just sits there and talks about it. And it's this big gas station action scene and a car goes into it and it all explodes. And in your head, it's so evocative and scary mm. and great. And it really made that movie work for me. And they do the same here. Like, it's something where you could easily imagine that the director would be, well, he's telling the story, let's show what happened to him. And instead they don't, he just talks about it. Mm. And you just have to imagine it. And it's much creepier, I think. Um, yeah, we need more people just telling stories and films. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, but it's too dark to get back to the shop, so they stay the night at his parents'. <laughs> um, and then we get that really weird shot. Does anybody know the shot I'm talking about? The sky where you s- see him in the corner? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which I was every looking time at I that and film, I was like, is that, are you supposed to see that? Yeah. And it goes on for a long time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking Which about? Which one? No. So there's a sunset shot yeah. over London. Yeah. But in the top left-hand corner of the screen, you can see half of a guy's face lying horizontally. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, what? And you think is it a mistake? I and saw you turn yeah, to yeah. see if either of us had noticed, but I was sitting there staring at the corner of the screen. Because I could oh. remember feeling something weird. Like, I could remember that shot from before, but then I was like, I don't... But then it was going on so long, I was like, maybe I don't. Maybe this is a weird mistake in <laughs> Blu-ray print or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, and then they pan up. And it's such a weird decision because you're basically behind a couch in his mum's mm-hmm. and dad's house with the two of them sleeping. But they've superimposed the sunset of the London city into the shadow of the back of the couch, but left the top of the couch still sort of mapped matted in mm-hmm. so you can see a bit of the guy sleeping but until you pan up you don't know what's going on right right so it's really strange yeah but there are a few decisions like that danny ball makes in this film yeah, and some there's work quite and some a don't. lot of off-kitler like shots very strange yeah. decisions yeah 
Which I always embrace, like, yes, I'm making weird, bold decisions. Yeah. But that one's a really weird bold decision. Um, And then you get Jim standing in his kitchen. And you get another one of those weird decisions, actually, straight away. But I actually like this one a lot more. Um, He's standing in the kitchen and he's having a conversation as if he's inside a home movie. He's, like, Mm -hmm. watching some of his past, which has been filmed and framed to look like it's an old 16mm or 8mm even home movie. And But he's sort of standing in it, which I really liked a lot. Yeah. I think it's a cool moment. Um, and then zombies break in. Uh, Mark gets cut, does he? And blood gets into his cut, I think. Or does he actually get bit? I thought he got bit, but I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, I never really know. It looked like a clean, quite a clean cut. Yeah, so I was wondering if he got glass and then the blood from the zombies got into his mm. cut. Or oh, something. yeah, because I think it was supposed to be quite ambiguous, ambiguous whether if he was actually infected or not. Yeah. But Selena decided Cause that. Because she, she said, were you bit? And he just looked up and said yeah. wait and then she yeah and then later in. on she says like i think killian murphy accuses her of killing him yeah and she says you could see in his yeah, eyes or something exactly yeah. yeah um yeah so selena kills him immediately and quite brutally yep. as well um and then explains to jim that if someone gets infected you have 10 to 20 seconds uh, to take them down um, and then we do get in the next scene straight away after that with her talking and she's kind of trying to show him how bleak the world is and how much you can't get attached to people and you can't hesitate she has a good line of do you want to find a cure and save the world or do you just want to fall in love and fuck plans are pointless which I think is a cool line um, she also tells Killian Murphy that she'd kill him in a heartbeat yep. mm-hmm. which is referred back comes to back later. Yeah. yep 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 so in, in these movies as well, I feel like when you're with a character, it a lot of, I think, which zombie movies connect with come down to would you do the things that that lead character is doing? Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing since you love this one so much, Rick, he's doing the kind of things you would do. He's like acting in the way you would act. Or um, I don't know. And I hope I will never find out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I you'd guess. love a zombie apocalypse, Rick. Oh, would I? <laughs> Um, well, you get to eat loads of chocolate bars and stuff. So exactly. You, know, you do get to eat a lot of chocolate bars. Yeah. With a lot of branded chocolate bars. Um, so then they're traveling through London and they see some lights flashing in an apartment block and they go to check it out. And the infected chase them in and up the stairs. Um, and yeah, then they get a body falling down the stairs, which looks pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. going like in between the banisters and stuff, and they get rescued by Moody from Harry Potter. <laughs> this is like he was kind of not famous in UK, but he was on a lot of stuff in UK at this point. But mm. this was before he was sort of famous, famous, wasn't it? It was before he made it into like Hollywood, yeah, blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. he's great though. I love him. Yeah, he's great. Um, and yeah, he is a father and he has a daughter called Hannah. Um, and he's all kitted out in right gear, and they do this a few times to kind of like let you well they do it three times actually don't they because every time he meets new people the first time with selena and her friend they're in like gas masks and stuff mm. and then this time he's in bright gear and then later on you get the soldiers and they're yeah, kitted out in gas masks as well and stuff and gear so it's always kind of keeping it so you can't tell if the people are good or bad mm. or what kind of facial expressions they're pulling um they're just these flat objects um, Frank takes his mask off and has like the goofiest smile <laughs> yeah. and he's like oh hi I'm Frank what's yeah. your name there's like little Frosty the snowman playing with his blinking yeah. Christmas lights in the background great beautiful scene I love that is it meant to, is it meant to be set at, is this a Christmas movie is it meant to be set at Christmas or 
like it was Christmas when the outbreak happened, do you think? I just assumed they were doing that to show there's life up here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, but it yeah. could have been. I didn't see anywhere anywhere else. I was kind of yeah, looking out for it. Yeah, never popped up again. And Killian Murphy was walking around half naked the first. That's true. Oh, scene. that's so, true. You know, In London. It's so probably cold. not that cold. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's from Ireland. <laughs> He's from Ireland. He can take true, it. True, true. <laughs> There's quite a lot of Irish actors in this film. Yeah, there is. There is, and good, good, good ones. Um, yeah, and we were saying, I'd never really appreciated just how much The Walking Dead took from this for many, many reasons. I always knew the opening of it was ripped, you know, exactly. Um, but yeah, for Michonne in particular, her character's so similar to Selena. She even has like the big machete and stuff like that. And mm. Her attitude is very similar. Even the way she's dressing. She's just missing like the zombie pets with... Sorry, <laughs> that was a little Walking Dead reference. Oh, there you go. I see what's going on. Um, are you still watching Walking Dead? Yeah. Is it, is it getting? Is it good still? Like, yeah. has it got better? Or so, is it dropping off? Or I think the last season was kind of a bit. It wasn't doing too well. There was some interesting characters introduced to it, but then they didn't do too much okay. with them. But I think the next one's supposed to be better. So we'll see. Hmm. I dropped. I stopped a couple of seasons ago, and I kept me to catch up. But now there's so much to catch up on. I'm like, mm. I don't know if I have the time. I'm loving Negan, but I think a lot of people hate him. So I think you meant anyway. to hate Negan, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> Are you loving hating him, or do you genuinely love him? I think I genuinely love him, which oh is a bit disturbing. Oh boy. But um, yeah. I only know him from the comics, so I don't know how they portray um. him in the TV show. But um, Jim shaves without water. Um, I do like these little touches here. Like you have him shaving without water. You then have a fish tank with barely any water in it mm -hmm. at all. The fish are kind of gasping for air. Um, and then you have the rooftop with loads of buckets up there, which was one of my favorite shots actually in the film when they go yeah. wide on that. Mm. And you got all these little colorful different types of buckets up there and stuff. And, and I like the fact that he's, he knows, like I think most people would, he knows enough to know that you can catch condensation through putting up like sheets but he doesn't actually know how to successfully get it to work. Because <laughs> in films, people always just seem to know like survival techniques. Oh, it's like, no, I feel you'd remember half of it and you'd never figure out the other I think half. Maybe mm. this is like that. Without, without access to the internet, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I think people would take up residence in a library or something where you can actually look up DIY books and survivalism. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's when he plays them the radio transmission on the loop, saying that there is a cure and that soldiers are just north of Manchester. Um, and they manage, well, the daughter really manages to convince them, Selena, that they should come with them and they all need each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so they set off in his taxi, <laughs> uh, which this is also seems to be an advert for taxis in this movie because that taxi gets for a lot. <laughs> it manages mm. to like, it gets like a flat, that's it. Yep. Like, <laughs> um, all right. Despite, yeah, and then you get a really false scene for me, which is one of the things I don't like in the film. Like, you have Jim protesting for them not to drive through a dark tunnel through the blockade. <laughs> and, then, and then the guy, what's the guy's name? I forgot his name. Frank. Frank, yeah. Then Frank just basically says, all right, let's just get, o get it over with. We'll go the fast way what? right after them saying, this is a bad idea. Saying, yeah, you're right. Let's go. And then he's driving in and he goes, yeah, this is a really, really shit idea. This is a shit idea. So what does he do? He speeds up. <laughs> and then, of course, gets a flat tire and then goes, 
like yeah. dodging between cars <laughs> yeah. and then then driving over, over them. them. <laughs> you broken glasses and everything. Of course, you want to get a fucking. And then Jim Ozzy stopping and says, "Like this is the worst possible place to get a flat tire." Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Let's change it quickly then. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing? And what we were talking about earlier, how people just know all of these survival techniques. Hannah, the daughter. Oh yeah, changes change the, the tire. tire. <laughs> yep. Crazy quick as well. That yeah. scene actually does it always gets me quite tense just because yeah. I've changed too many times in my yeah. time and I always <laughs> like it takes me ages and fumbling. Or maybe her dad trained her very, very well. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Out of all the suspension of disbelief in the zombie film, I feel <laughs> tire changing techniques is probably the easiest. Um, thousands of rats flood the tunnels and then dozens of the infected follow. Um, I like the effect with the rats. Mm-hmm. And it does open up the thing because they talk about it later with the horses of animals can be infected as well. Yeah, I thought about that later on with the crow too. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why he wasn't more scared of the crow. I know that's what I was eating the blood. He could fly and easily. (laughs) Well, I don't think he saw the corpse, but yeah, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, but I think they should be more. They should have been more animals attacking people. Yeah, Yeah. infected animals attacking people. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like that was definitely just a budget thing. Yeah, kind of how do you film it without it looking dumb and yeah, and overstretching the storylines. Yeah. I mean, the staple is always dogs. It's always just let's get mm. dogging because they're rabid anyway and you can make them look scary quite easily. Um, mm. But yeah, they didn't do that. Um, Sunny poodles. <laughs> yeah, it depends <laughs> what type of dog, I guess. Uh, they changed the tire just in time and escape. So they decided to celebrate by stopping at a supermarket for a little <laughs> raid to some granddaddy music. Mm-hmm. Now, we're always talking at the end of the podcast normally about the music in Danny Boyle films. I want to get into a little bit here because this is a weird one because I think it's one of his best um, soundtracks. Mm. But because this is the first time he's embraced a score more than a soundtrack, more than like songs, because there's actually very few songs in here. The songs you have are more like arias or pieces of opera or classical music. And then, yeah, the score... Um, this is actually one of the only like two or three song songs mm. in the whole film. Um, and it really sticks out because of it. It's also, and correct me if I'm wrong, like there are little moments of, like there are jokes in this film for sure. Mm-hmm. And there are wry moments. But I feel this is the only joyful scene. Yeah. Like when nothing bad happens yeah. and everybody's that just kind of happy. when they're eating after, I think. Yeah. When they're I think that outside. Oh, at the very, very end of the film? No, after the supermarket and after the guests. Scene, when they're at when the they're abbey like sitting... the destroyed walls and stuff yeah okay i think yeah, there yeah. are quite a few scenes where the characters are embracing these like joyful moments and which is one of the reason why i like this film so much okay i mean i guess the scene in the flat when like they welcome um selena and um jim in yeah. and stuff i guess but i just mean it's always in a context like because that's the same scene of them just being chased by zombies yeah, and jim. the one at the abbey is in the same scene as him having a dream that includes horrible things like happening in it and like this is the only scene when nothing bad happens right. in it. like yeah. there's no nothing spooky at any point you got like fun jump like fun happy music mm. and they're just enjoying like the idea of the life that they used to live yeah. and the consumerism that used to be so important one of the few perks of being in an apocalyptic world i yep. suppose steal what you want all the candy yeah. <laughs> um, and, and whiskey then they have that very purposeful Kia. shot of him putting the credit card down mm. so i'm gonna get into it now then so one of well not one of the, a lot of people have written about this movie because the other thing that's really important with zombie movies for a lot of people and i actually disagree with this a little bit but is that the zombies are meant to provide a commentary on society at that point 
And that's what great zombie films do. It's what Night of the Living Dead did. And it's what Day of the Dead did. And Dawn of the Dead did. Mm. And all the original Romero's. Um, which this one definitely draws from Dawn of the Day of the Dead a lot. Um, and it's kind of a real staple for people. Is like, if you're making a zombie film, it's got to have a commentary on where society was left when the apocalypse happened and what mm. you're trying to say. And so I've read a lot of people talking about this one with the regular thing with zombies of consumerism, because that's the regular thing. Um, and particularly with how much purposeful branding there is throughout the film and then shots like him leaving his credit card there. And there's a lot of things for like even uh, Selena telling them, yeah, all you can do is have painkillers and eat more sugar and just really promoting that modern consumerism sort of vibe of stuff. But I don't really agree because for me, like the consumerism analogy with zombies only works when zombies are more brain dead and shuffling um like the whole thing with dawn of the dead is that they keep going to the mall even when they're dead because and they're doing it like in this slow brain dead state which is a better metaphor for how people are in you know in super um, in malls and stuff mm -hmm. in this film the zombies are crazed and rabid and like it's more to do with anger and mm. impatience and stuff um and him leaving, like, for instance, his credit card there, for me, that's more a dismissal of that in a weird way, you know? Like, it, for me, it's kind of like he doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. It's not something holds precious. It's like this ironic kind of thing of, like, I don't need this as a part of my life anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, like, any commentary this film has doesn't really come from the zombies. But I'm, I, I'm really genuinely interested if, yeah, you guys have a different opinion on it. But I don't think it comes from zombies. I think it comes more from the people and then the soldiers that they meet. Oh, yeah. And the commentary comes from yeah the the yeah the frame of mind of the people left behind mm -hmm. rather than how the zombies are interacting in this world which yeah. is normally the case with a zombie movie yeah, i agree with you um so all the branding and stuff for me is like partly i just think they needed the money <laughs> and they took a lot of branding <laughs> from things because there's so much in this even to the point it says i'm sick of all chocolate except terry's chocolate orange <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even say chocolate orange or something like it has to be terry's chocolate orange yep. Um, so I feel like they did need some money but I think also it's kind of just practical as well it's like yeah you did, sugar would be the one thing that survives yeah like if I was writing a zombie film like this it's like yeah sugar's the thing you can eat all the time so makes sense to me yeah um okay <laughs> <laughs> no social comedy all right uh eat more sugar eat more sugar <laughs> um yeah, then we get the, the scene which I had to actually rewind a little bit for because I'd forgotten all about it. But yeah, the scene when they drive in the taxi and you suddenly have one shot of them driving through flowers and mm -hmm. he's decided to turn it into an oil painting. Yep. Either in post or I do vaguely remember, and I was trying to remember if it was true or not, but the XL1 having a button on it that did weird effects like oh, that. interesting. Um, which I'm hoping I'm wrong with. I know like I have yeah. used cameras that do that effect, like right. that oil painting effect like on them. And it's certainly something you can just do in, like, in, in Premiere or Final Cut. Like, there's just an effect you can put on and right. makes it look like that. Because I don't think the cab that no, was driving yeah. through yeah, the, the paint, yeah. painting yeah. bit was... It was just picking out certain colors to do it with. Oh, I see. Which was really weird decision. It's one of those things I'm like, I don't really mm. understand what the... Like, it feels like there must be a point that he was yeah. trying to make in terms of going into the countryside i don't know or the aesthetic <laughs> or the frame of mind they're in at that point i don't know but it just seems such a strange thing to suddenly decide oh i know this shot should look like an oil painting yep okay yeah, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> it's one of those create like weird like 
quirky little shots that yeah yeah but it's just like has. you know if you just had a random shot in the middle of i don't know like any normal film where everything's polarized mm-hmm. yeah. for a moment mm-hmm. it's like yeah, for the sake of doing it why yeah <laughs> like True. it doesn't if anybody else and it's so short i just think most people don't even know this probably but that's some effort and some thought and like a bunch of people like a producer and an editor mm. and a director all, all had to yeah. agree on yeah. that <laughs> and i want to know why <laughs> well maybe it was like initially they, they were just driving through an empty field and in the edit they thought oh we could do with some like flowers but it's gonna be quite expensive to have like <laughs> superimposed like real flowers so just, just blotches the color yeah. it feels like someone went out on their lunch break and they said they just put something in say should we do something like this but we'll get the effects team to do it properly and they're like yeah cool and then they forgot to get back to it <laughs> <laughs> and there's just these blodges left in there um i might actually google that at some point uh so then they make another stop at a gas station to siphon fuel um and jim is attacked by a little kid and you pointed this out Haruka, because this little mm-hmm. kid attacks him and jumps on his back and i yeah i heard it too there was some dialogue there with a little kid saying i hate you yeah just before his just head before gets cuts. smashed in yeah which was strange because none of the other zombies have talked. No. And again, it was a weird decision because it was very quiet to yeah, the point yeah. we could almost yeah. miss it. Yeah. So I, I didn't like, hear it until the two of y'all pointed it out. Mm. And then you can kind of uh, mm-hmm. hear how it would sound like that. So I don't know if it's something that was done on yeah. purpose or if it... I don't know. Because then I was listening for it for later on in the mm-hmm. film with other yeah yeah people no who one were else infected and i didn't hear anything that sounded yeah yeah like words i think I, I heard it before but i kind of dismissed it because i guess it doesn't really matter if he you know actually well, it, said it or not maybe I mean, it, it was in killian murphy's head <laughs> you know like. i think you like this film too much Rick, you're making a lot of because <laughs> it's just it's another one of those things where like i don't i fail to believe that kind of thing i fail to believe that on the day the kid said I hate you because maybe Danny Boyle at that point thought some of the zombies will say something mm. and that it just happened to be left in the sound edit but low under the mix you know and they missed Hoping it no like I fail to believe that a film like this like they miss stuff like that I mean it does happen so it's yeah. possible mm. but I really do fail to believe that so I like it again a bunch of people had to decide yeah none of our zombies talk clearly a rule they made with this film mm-hmm. oh other than this one kid but we won't make a big thing about it we'll make it so quiet that most people might not notice it and with the line of dialogue that's never explained and doesn't make any sense in the context of the scene. Yeah. Mm. So I, I just confused the crap out of me. Hmm. Um, anyway. I think know. I'd quite like it if it was in Jim's head. Yeah. Like him imagining it as he was killing this. I guess that's the only boy. one that he kills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's quite scarred by it. At yeah. that point, anyway. At that, yeah. 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 So maybe it's know. a... Yeah, I don't know. God bless you, Haruka. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, he kills it with a baseball bat. Doesn't tell the others. Um, a lot of my notes here are, oh, they stop at this place. Then they stop at this <laughs> place. That's really what these kind of movies are. Yeah. It's a road trip movie. Are you? Uh, do you feel like the bond between them all, does it feel organic and the build of the relationship? Yeah. So. Yeah, I do too. Like I think all the actors have great chemistry as well, so I think that helps. Yeah. But I think with a character like Frank it makes it easier just because he's very goofy and loving mm. and yeah. seems like someone who would like anybody. Yeah. The daughter's definitely quiet at first and quiet throughout the majority of it. Yeah. She kind of keeps to herself for the most part. Yeah. Um, she's not a dumb kid, so she's quite likable. Yeah. As you know, considering she's a child in a horror film. 
they, yeah. they tend to be quite annoying, but she's, <laughs> you know, she's yeah. okay. And do you feel the, it's a romance believable between Selena and Jim? Like, do you think that kind of... Because she's so off-puttish, you know, at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it really comes down to that point, you know, when they're at the Abbey and then she turns to him to say, like, suddenly, like, yeah, you're right. And she sees the interaction between the father and daughter and it's like, there is something else that's worth fighting for and yeah. it's not just about surviving. Relationships. Look at the pretty horses. <laughs> <laughs> and then kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, I like that moment. Um... And then, yeah, Jim has a dream where everyone leaves him, which I find interesting because you don't really see in his dreams at other points, like anybody's dreams, but they mm-hmm. make a point of showing you his sort of fear of being, being isolated alone. and being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get up to the outskirts of Manchester and the whole city is on fire. Definitely one of their money shots that they have. Um, and they find the army barracks that were talked about in the radio Sun's mission are deserted. And then Frank, who's all pissed off, goes for a little walk and there's a, the crow that you were talking about earlier. So you don't think he sees that it's pecking at a dead body? No, because the body's kind of on top of a roof or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and, like up on the barracks. Yeah. And, and not all dead bodies are infected anyway. Okay. Um, so you think when he like kicks the thing to like scare off the crow, he doesn't realize? Yeah, because he's like so upset about the whole barrack being deserted and stuff and yeah 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 and it's it's the rage that kills him in the end <laughs> um but yeah no i that's i, I just assume that he didn't notice the dead body yeah i'm willing to give it that i don't, I mean, I don't yeah yeah that's fair enough i do like the blood shot and then a drop of blood mm. falls mm-hmm. from the body hits into his eyeball clever yeah, that's cool yeah um and then he pushes yeah his daughter away to try and keep her safe, telling him how much he loves her. And then he begins to turn. Jim goes to kill him when gunfire goes off and a squad of masked men or army men turn up and then quickly escort them to a nearby manor, which is six miles away, did I say? No, I'd say it's 15 minutes away, so probably about six miles away, uh, which now serves as their base of operations where they meet Major Henry West. And I have also written down here, Killian Murphy's butt too. Yep. <laughs> What context During was this? I've forgotten shower. already. Oh, he's showering. Yeah, isn't he? they have hot water. Right. They all get to shower there because they looked like they needed it. Yeah. <laughs> Said one of the soldiers. That was Major West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, another shot with like completely unnecessary male nudity. He's got a Yay. good butt. Yeah, he had a great yeah. butt. We have that. Um, Major West then takes Jim on a tour of the property, the landmines, the tripwires, the alarms, the wood fire, boiler kitchen, their pet zombie mailer who they've kept alive to learn something about the infection. He's hoping eventually Mela will show them how long it takes for the infected to starve to death. There are notably no other women there, just nine men. Um, and he does uh, hammer home that it's been four weeks since the infection. Uh, then the affected attack the perimeter during dinner and everyone eagerly rushes to deal with the situation, which I think that's kind of like... I don't know, do you, do you feel like... I, I couldn't tell if it's because I know where the movie's going, that as soon as they get picked up, you feel like something's off the whole time mm-hmm. like did you feel that as a newcomer to the film like you feel like there's something off with this group of yeah. people or it might just be my brain with horror movies is knowing that that's a point where something bad again is gonna happen right. especially yeah. because not too many bad things happened on their way to the base yeah mm. so they've like, had a pretty well, easy job the clock is ticking something's gonna happen which the dad i guess is a smaller yeah tragedy little tragedy that pops in but i think that's the thing like um yeah with these movies when you have a small group like they have and in this one it's not yeah there isn't much action really like most of the times when they meet the zombies it's oh they're close 
we just got away. They're mm-hmm. close, we just got away. And it's just really the zombies running at them and you feel the tension and then they get away just in time. Mm-hmm. Like either inside somewhere or in a car or whatever. And, and this is, yeah, the ending's really the first time where you get proper, like a proper interaction with the zombies mm, and proper yeah. multiple kills. An and extended one. Yeah. Um, and I think it's smart of them. I think a lot of zombie movies make the mistake of having that all the way through the movie of it's constant attack, constant mm-hmm. like fighting the zombies and stuff, which devalues it a little bit. Um, yeah, so what was happening? Yeah, so all the army guys run out to sort out the situation. They seem to be having way too much fun with it. And then coming back in, pumped up from the fight, one of the men, Mitchell, tries it on with Selena. A sergeant comes into their rescue along with Jim until Major Henry steps in, stops the fight and quietly tells one of his men to slow down, um, which is insinuating that there are some plans with the women. And then Major Henry explains to Jim that he promised his men women because women mean a future. Congratulations, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So lucky. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Um, Jim rushes to get Selena and Hannah out of there, but they're ambushed and knocked out. Jim awakes to see the sergeant who saved them before attempting to save them again, but he's seized by the other men. And then Jim and the sergeant are taken out to a mass grave in the woods by the soldiers to be shot. At any point in this film, Alison, did you believe Jim might die? Mm, no. I thought if one of them was going to die, it was going to be Selena. Okay. Mm. Okay. Interesting. What about the little girl? Uh, no. I don't think I did. So you thought it might be like Jim and the little girl get out maybe or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I had... Another theory that I'll bring up when we get to that point in the story okay. regarding Selena. Okay. Um, yeah, Mitchell then tells him how he's going to make Selena squeal. Um, and then he attaches a bayonet to his rifle and goes to stab the sergeant. But another soldier protesting shoots him or shoots the sergeant. I mean, uh, Jim ducks down into the mass grave and manages to hide from the soldiers just long enough to then climb over the wall and into the infected perimeter. Camo works. I, yeah, I heard you giggling. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's he's not hidden under anything. He's literally just in just the camo pants and green shirt. He just laid down face first into he the dirt, and they invisible. just mock right past him. And then he pokes his head up. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so here, for me, when I used to watch this movie, is one of my favorite bits when he gets out and he's he's outside the wall. And I remember used to be feeling scared about this because they say, "Oh, he's outside the wall. He's fucked." Basically. Um, and this time I wasn't at all but, like, but I remember used to feel like oh what's going to happen to him and he's lying there exhausted and then he looks at the sky and then he sees a plane flying mm-hmm. overhead and I remember when we used to talk about this movie with my friends or in film class like that was the shot that, that was always like that's that's like the most important bit in the film in a weird way because it the only context you have with this movie is on the papers at the beginning they say Britain under siege from an infection um, and shocks the world. So what that implies is that it's contained just to our right. islands. But don't they mention New yes. York oh. at some point? Do they? And oh, I can't remember when, but I thought they had named a f- like three places. Who? <laughs> when oh. they, I think it's when they're talking about footage and they say, "Oh yeah, they were, they were showing either riots or something." In London, New York, and somewhere else, and I can't remember. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I may have made that, that up. Remember. But I thought um, they had said that. Because part of the thing is, like, it couldn't really get abroad because people yeah. change too quickly. Yeah. Because, like, if someone changes in 10, 20 seconds, you're not going to let them on a boat or a plane. Right. And can get a, you know, so it's, it has to really be contained. 
to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it's really evocative to make you feel both hope and loneliness in terms of, oh, the rest mm. of the world might still be continuing. Yeah. Like that yeah. could even be a domestic flight to some way. You know? And the surgeon also mentions it in his rumbling when he's mm-hmm. chained up saying, you know, like, think they're, about they're it. They're living their lives. Yeah. And, yeah. It's just in England. And, yeah. yeah. Which I really like that. I mean, I do and I don't. Like, I like an apocalypse that is worldwide because I like this idea of, oh, the whole world's fucked. <laughs> yeah. But I also do think it's really interesting to have the idea of, oh, we've basically just been left. Like, it's happened so quickly and people don't know how to deal with it. And the rest of the world haven't got involved yet. They've just kind of left us to kind of eat ourselves up a bit. Mm. Um, which I think is kind of scary and cool and interesting. Particularly as people living on this island. Like, you realize, oh, we are an island. And you forget mm. that quite a lot, I think, in England. Um, Although, Eurotunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they could get pretty Eurotunnel. And they? birds and stuff. They could get pretty Eurotunnel, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Dolphins, boat. zombie dolphins. Zombie. <laughs> yep, yeah. Well, yeah, if they can do animals. Yeah. yeah. Then I guess that is a way you could get. You could do a bird birds, that would yeah. go across to mm-hmm. a different Boats as well. You could easily reach to. Yeah, but it would have to be like, you'd have to, that's what I mean. You'd have to get someone on the boat. Who's infected first. Yeah, but they could have jumped onto the boat and infected so. all the so. people. Yeah. So it's possible, but I think it would be e- fairly easy to contain it as well. If yeah. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I do like that shot anyway, regardless. Mm. Just that kind of outside world and you're not sure what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Major Henry West is prepping the two girls to look more suitable. Um, in red dresses apparently it's more suitable it's very romantic if you're gonna mm, rape some women you uh, better dress them you up you better be in ball gowns <laughs> the red the colour of passion and yeah. yeah you know why not and you notice know, this film this film's pretty ballsy particularly the, for its time it was pretty ballsy and um, it gets to its scene in a minute which I'll talk about um, but with its violence and with the dark, how dark it kind of gets at the end and even the fact that Hannah's, you know, obviously very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but you notice they never really dare to get too sexually insinuative mm-hmm. with Hannah. Like, they're constantly like, I'm going to go for Selena. I'm going to for uh-huh. Selena. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make Selena squirrel kind of thing. They don't mention Hannah at all. Mm-hmm. They don't really even look at her, um, which is interesting. Uh, Selena convinces them to leave the room so her and Hannah can change. And then she, she gives Hannah some drugs so she won't care what the men do to her. When an alarm goes off at the blockade, it's Jim. He waits in the rain to take the men down one by one. Um, as then the effective, infected begin to come, drawn in by the alarm and then by the gunfire. Uh, Major Henry, trapped by infected, runs into the woods. This is one of the cooler scenes in the film. <laughs> but it is. So the, here you have, and let's talk about those themes again. Um, you were mentioning some of the themes that Danny Ball started to carry over again. Mm-hmm. This is Leonardo DiCaprio from the beach. Yep. Like, this is a character taking that sudden turn, going feral. Yeah embracing that side of his personality basically becoming a zombie or well, one of these zombies yep um and yeah and it's really it's satisfying like it's really satisfying mm. um it actually has my favorite like couple of shots in the movie which aren't really that special but just between the editing and the ferocity of it which is when he lures that guard to come up the stairs at the barracks and it's raining and then he runs along the top and just smacks his head in mm. and the editing and the camera work of that is really fucking cool mm-hmm. like you really feel that smack in the head and yeah it's, it's awesome and the rain looks really cool you were mentioning it earlier like like you thought maybe it looked a bit weird yeah it is a shutter cp thing it's like what they do with safe and private ryan at the beginning of safe and private ryan is like is that a film you've seen <laughs> Uh, where you fuck with, you do a certain thing with the shutter speed to basically make this sort of staccato motion with okay. things that are moving too fast. 
um, and it's a stylized kind of thing and it really works for me here. I think mm. it's the coolest looking scene in the movie probably. Um, and it, the rain looks really milky. It looks like that old yeah. Yeah. singing in the rain style rain. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I can see all your little notes down there. I want to know what you've written down. Here we go. Give me one. Give me a random one. Great montages. <laughs> Great montages? Which ones? A few, I think. Like that scene's kind of like fairly montage because it's all jump cuts. And That's true. You know, um, the opening London bit, wondering about London bit, although geographically it was very confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I, I like the way um, Danny Ball's telling story through montages in this film. That thing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you're just on the podcast. Matter. Your opinion should not be spoken <laughs> at all. Just write it down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Quiet moments, I also wrote. The quiet moments? Yeah. In what way? Like, there are lots of... I love how um, he kind of... Oh, how do you explain it in English? Sorry, I'm very Japanese. Do it in Japanese. So. <laughs> Tenra one. Yeah, one person will understand. Because yeah, there's lots of, like, quiet, quiet personal moments juxtaposed with like violent moments and then mm -hmm. in the end the ends bit that we're talking about right now although it's very violent it's also very quiet in a way yeah because of the way he uses music and yeah you know, it feels very, very strategic and like yeah it feels like he and selena both kind of know what's going on even though they don't see each other until Cause she says his name at some point before she sees him. I think, Not doesn't she? she? Mm. Or does she s maybe see him through a window mm. or something? Mm. Maybe it's no. when the alarm goes off and she. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the moment. You're right. Never mind. Um, yeah, music like absolutely like this entire ending is done to one piece that just builds and builds and builds mm -hmm. and builds and builds, which I think is a really cool yeah. thing to do. It doesn't break at any point. It just keeps getting bigger. Well, actually, it breaks briefly at one point yeah. and then builds again. Um, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's a piece of music that's now been used in lots and lots of things. Mm -hmm. um, lots of trailers, especially. Um, there's this great shot of um, Hannah running in the corridor mm. and her red dress is like flattering. And then there's this like twinkling sound over it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a like Disney like sound almost, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like very like pretty, yeah. you know, serene. You're right. like slowly disappearing into the yeah. darkness. Yeah, it's very beautiful yeah. although it's a, it's supposed to be the most violent sequence yeah but, yeah you know um then weapons yeah so jim returns to the mansion he frees mailer the resident zombie um and the two girls wait in the red dresses but the pills begin to kick in and hannah starts talking her mind in in a much needed i think a little bit of humor in mm. a very dark ending uh freaking out the soldiers who have been left to guard uh both of the girls a zombie then breaks in, infects one of the men, and then more and more of them gradually become infected. And Jim, as Jim takes out the ones that the zombies do not. Um, and I do, I do love this whole thing of just yeah, using the zombies against them. I think it's really mm, cool. Yeah, um, a lot of fun. Um, Major Henry gets back to the mansion to find his men dying or turned. Jim saves Selena um, and bashes her captor's head against the wall repeatedly before putting his thumbs through his oh, eyeballs. Oh yeah. So that's the scene I want to talk about. When I'm talking about shocking scenes. When this film came out in 2002, that was crazy shocking. Like, that was, like, really fucking nasty. And it's partly the sound of it and the mm -hmm. way it's shot. And, like, most of these things, we actually see it 
it's not like they just put a lot of blood over it and you do the sound effects and you pull away so that you feel it more than you see it mm. but this as with every fucking film it's so hard now because it's like mm. well in the post game of thrones world oh, yeah <laughs> yeah and that yes. shot in game oh, of thrones oh god oh don't please don't uh. which genuinely i mean that stopped me from watching game of thrones like it <laughs> haunted me so much and i was so kind of disgusted with them needing to go that mm-hmm. far which does it so much you don't watch game of thrones i think no there's a scene <laughs> where someone who you like a lot yeah. and everyone dies in Game of Thrones, but right. someone you like a lot, you think maybe possibly they're going to be okay. For once in Game yep. of Thrones, maybe they're going to be okay. And then someone does some very horrible things to them. And then while they're still alive, very slowly and forcefully puts their thumbs right through their eyeballs. Oof. But not like this, like you are watching it happen. And like from a camera above and you see like their face, just their mouth open and gape. And then oh their skull God. kind of breaks in. And, yeah, and the scream. Ugh, it's genuinely scream. haunting me for a long time. It makes me feel sick just thinking about it. Yeah. And not in a, oh, isn't it cool? It's shocking. In a genuinely, that's horrible. That yeah. shouldn't mm-hmm. be put on film. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of hard watching this sort of film now where you're mm. like, a TV show <laughs> <laughs> is so much more shocking yep. than a proper full out horror, horror film. film yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, it's still a cool moment, I think. And it's still like a, it's still, yeah, from the sound and the way it's filmed and the music mm. is still an effective moment, I think. Uh, takes out the eyeball. Oh yeah, he takes out the eyeballs and then they get all kissy kissy. Well, she tries to like kill him, but yeah. then hesitates and he's like, yeah. Cause she thinks That's he's the turned. That's the heartbeat thing comes back <laughs> into play. We're not meant to think he's turned, are we? Because like yeah, they do play that for a second. For a second, yeah. but then yeah. Okay. Cause this is I the first the time woods, I was like, oh, was... are they meant to think, are we meant to think he's turned? Cause I never ever think he's turned mm-hmm. like, I think when he's outside it's kind of unclear. a bit unclear okay. but he's clearly like strategically going around yeah. there yeah 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 like breaking certain windows and has a plan yeah so then they get all kissy kissy yep. more covered in blood which I would not do yeah this is smart. That's, not yeah smart. that's what so this is when my theory came in and I was like oh shit he has blood from someone who's infected on him <laughs> and they're making out so then she's gonna get infected and he's gonna have to kill her and I was playing out all these different and then it could in be my head. a different social commentary with zombie films like to do sometimes which is to do with AIDS like the AIDS virus and how mm. um, spreading them from blood to blood mm. and any sexual like, transmissions and stuff. yeah um and then hannah breaks a bottle over his head because she does think that he's biting her yeah uh, they run out to the taxi to escape major henry is waiting for them he's um, and shoots jim hannah starts to drive with henry in the back seat she backs up him up into the house mailer uh, the resident zombie breaks through the window grabs the major mailer grabs major <laughs> <laughs> and then hannah drives away again leaving him to die selena and jim get in and they all drive off through the manor's chained gates. With Keep a... in mind, she is on drugs. Oh, yeah. Mm. And underage. <laughs> <Right>. Very irresponsible. <laughs> Your saviour is an underage But it helped girl. her in this case. She's driving like a crazy woman. Uh, and then we have a car. cool freeze frame. What was the what film were we watching the other day? And they kept being freeze frames all the time. Was that Danny Boyle film? Oh, was, was it? Was that actually Trainspotting 2? Where they keep like, oh, yeah, it was. Ooh. The train's one, too. Yeah. They keep getting fights and stuff, and there's a freeze frame uh, at the end of each yeah. shot for a split right. second. Oh, yes. But then it will continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does that here, but in a very cool way. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then they cut to 28 days later again. Yep. And then we see a very swift montage of Selena in like a hospital with yep. Jim trying to save him. Yep. And then he wakes up again. Uh, they're in West Cumbria, as we can hear on a little radio signal coming from a plane. A plane flies by and we see the infected are starving and dying. 
Um, and the three of them, Selena, Hannah, and sorry, I forgot my name again. Jim. Uh, oh, and Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Hannah is yeah. not. Yeah, Selena's Hannah. Is Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah is not Jim's name. Uh, they're in a cottage, um, and Hannah tells them that something's coming, and they rush out to lay down some more sheets to spell out hello on the ground as an Air Force plane flies by and sees them. So, Haruka. Yes. Before we do a wrap up, uh-huh. this end bit here, yeah. I do remember when it came out. Uh, even people who loved the film, some people didn't like this end bit. Yep. Other people love it. Yeah. I think there's two main reasons. One mm-hmm. is it result. It's basically a wipe the slate clean thing of mm-hmm. oh they'll all die from right. starvation. So it means everything's going to be okay. You mm-hmm. get your Disney ending kind mm-hmm. of thing. And the other thing is, oh, it's less people feel, but I know some people do. Is is kind of they've had such a bad experience with the army. Mm-hmm. Why are they so excited about the air force coming to save them? That's you know, other do they really want to be saved like i don't know if they do mm-hmm. or if they just want to wait it out and then make their own life you know um, a... how do you feel with the ending um well i like it because you know like i really care about these characters so it's nice to see them being happy for for once um <laughs> but i see your point cynical haruka oh i do <laughs> also the like the alternative ending, ending. i also do like the alternative ending as well what's the alternative ending I it's um so basically, Jim doesn't survive the hospital. Yeah. So it's just Selena and Hannah making those um, messages. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the alternative ending. Yeah. Which I think is, it also works. Yeah. Because bleak and... One of them should have died, I felt. Yeah. Like yeah. all three is a bit much. <laughs> um. <laughs> Too many people are alive. <laughs> you, think, you, but you think they would, like, with the Air Force and stuff, you think you can Well, I that. think that's a good point. That's a very good point that, you know... They are military. Um, so, yeah, I never thought about that. Okay. Okay. Allison, how's the ending for you? I think with that, if they're in the Air Force, they they can fly where there are women. So, I don't know that the same <laughs> would be there because they can so go to different countries and see. With the army was lack of sex. That was the real problem. Well, this, this, they wanted to start over. So, they wanted yeah. to, you know, create another community and you if it were all women you would need a man there to that's true. <laughs> build that's another true. community if you're going to start over but I don't know I don't I wouldn't assume oh they're bad just because they're in air force or army or it's okay. a military group and you're happy with the happy ending yeah, <laughs> yeah. does that shock you <laughs> <laughs> nope it doesn't shock me at all do you just wish the dad had lived as well so they could all be no. together no didn't like moody no an odd number is a good number (laughs) (laughs) all right ladies so (coughs) 28 days later dot 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 um how do you feel about it haruka let's Uh, start with you this time i've always loved it i still loved it it's great still you know now i when i watched it now i really appreciated the dialogue like i thought all the Dialogue and monologue, plural, were very well written and very on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it was very beautifully written. Um, the bad quality of the images didn't really bother me because all the shots were very creative and weird but cool. Mm. Um, so it kind of distracted from the shitty quality. Um, I did notice. In wide shot, it looked like it's been like zoomed in quite a lot, but yeah. it still, it didn't really 
distract me too much. Um, yeah, so I think it still holds up. You know, it hasn't doesn't feel like it's aged badly. Um, Is it currently still your second favorite Danny Boyle film? Because I think that's what you uh, said to me. Yeah. Before. So yeah, I think so. Probably. I think it is. Do you have any any other notes that you needed to get off your chest before Ooh. we move on uh, to Alison? <laughs> I thought editing was very good, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the same editor that Daniel Ball's been using. Oh really? Was this a new yeah, one? Yeah, it's a new one. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, so yeah, I guess it is a clean slate for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like that end bit when, in the montage, when they were taking Jim to the hospital after that bit, like they show the shot of the message on the in the field yeah but they've only spelt half of it so it's spelt hell yeah yeah yeah. and yeah, then yeah. it's kind of corny but then like no, the no, no, it's spelt like hello and nice yeah. little positive and i like that they do the, the detail of the oh it's the only one with lots of different types of fabric because mm-hmm. they've run out they're of running fabric out yeah thing. Um, so yeah yeah okay, i think cool, that's cool, all my cool, cool. it's also nice as well to see um yeah, Daniel Ball, because I guess his last two films were definitely more LA and uh, and Hollywood influence, and then he mm. came back to England to do this one. Yeah. Or Great Britain. Because yeah. Killian Murphy wasn't a big name back then, was no, he? Not at all. So. Not at all. Yeah. And he still isn't. I think Cillian Murphy is the big name now. Cillian. <laughs> Everyone Cillian? pronounces it Cillian rather than really? Cillian. Really? Oh. And Irish people get pissed off with them because people think that they're being clever by knowing, oh, it should be pronounced Cillian, but no, it is actually the Killian is how people how you first think it should be said. But then pretentious people think it's silly so, yeah. hmm. um, how silly <laughs> get, out. get the fuck out um, Alison this was your first time I generally yes. have no I'm interested because I mean you've been fairly positive about some things you said I have no clue how you're going to feel about this movie really yeah well it's you just get up and walk out <laughs> yeah, so well, let me show you <laughs> um, so the last one we watched is the beach yeah and I said that that was my favorite one so far okay this has changed that. Whoa. I know. Are you kidding? I know, right, <laughs> guys? <laughs> so quite. So honestly, almost literally. I mean, you're saying you think Train Spotting's a more worthy film than A Lifeless Ordinary, but in terms of yeah. as a director, you think he's getting better and better and better. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, A Lifeless Ordinary, I wouldn't call. A, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Watch that movie and be like, "Oh, who's that director? That's great." Mm-hmm. You watch that movie to escape and laugh at stupid shit and weird <laughs> things that don't make sense, but it's okay because a lot of the stuff doesn't make sense. So yep. it works. Yeah. Works, lack of a better word. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I like this better because I like the relationships in it. So it's definitely just a personal thing. It's not a, oh, this is, it's not technically better. It's yeah, not, yeah. none of that stuff. But yeah, I just like the relationships and the characters. Did you find it spooky? Did it actually scare you? No. Okay. Hmm. That is a problem with a horror movie. Yeah. If it doesn't scare you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the eeriest bit, which is what you said, is in the church when they when he mm. says hello and they, like two or three of them, stand upright and just look. And that yeah. was like mm. the eerie bit, but nothing, I didn't feel tense at any moment. Nothing really popped out that scared me. That's the problem I find when they do do the thing of, yeah, it's more noble to go with the people are as scary as the zombies, Mm -hmm. but I never find people as scary. I know I should, but just psychologically, this is just a bunch of idiots. 
Yeah. Which I don't yeah. find scary. I just find annoying. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to see yeah, pain happen yeah. to them, but I'm not scared of them. I just want to see them yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> I think when just the mean. film first came out, because like these running zombies were such a new thing, I yeah. think people found that quite scary. Yeah. Whereas now, because it's been done so many times, it kind of to it lost more. the novelty yeah. a bit. Yeah, I agree. Just culturally, even if you're Alison, you probably haven't seen many running zombie movies. <laughs> culturally, you're aware of them and you're aware of like, yeah. you know, that being, yeah, where at the time for sure, it was more yeah. shocking and terrifying. And I remember people coming out and going, fuck, what would you do? Like, how would you, if you can't outrun them, where would you go? And, yeah. Um, I wonder if Alison's just been conditioned from watching so many Danny Boyle films. She's just like, <laughs> each one's like, yeah, this one's better. This one's better. <laughs> this one's better. Um, I'm genuinely flabbergasted by that. That's great. <laughs> that holds a lot of hope I'm interested where next one's go. Do you, from your memory of Slumdog because that was the only one you had seen coming in do you, do yeah. you, is that still your favourite do you think I don't know I I can't remember how old I was when I saw that but that's the typical kind of story that my mom really loves in movies just like the yeah. the touching underdog is being treated never, never wrong touched but the dog. <laughs> smart <laughs> and has you know yeah. life experience type of things which okay. is what i that's what i grew up watching because of my parents and mm. siblings and friends i guess okay which upsets you no it doesn't upset, <laughs> no, it doesn't upset me. well that was most of the movies i would watch with my family are not great movies that was a, one of the better ones but yeah i don't remember i'm interested in re-watching it to see how i feel and i don't I really remember too. a lot of the things that happened in it, actually. It used to be mm. my least favorite ball, so I'm actually interested in that one. We're two away from mm. that one. We're one away from your Mine. previously favorite one. Yep. Mm. Um, my feelings for 28 Days Later is, yeah, I, I still love it. Yeah, it's not scary anymore at all. Um, and it does increasingly look bad, but it's such a great film that I completely get over that. Um, the music's fantastic. The camera work, what's interesting with this is the XL1 that he shot it on is so light that you can do anything with that camera. And that's definitely one of the reasons he's been one of the biggest advocates of digital is you can put the camera in more weird places and he's always mm -hmm. loved putting the camera in weird places. Right. I don't feel he does enough of that in this film. Like it's a mm. film where you could have been really experimental and there's a few cool bits in here where I think he uses the weight of the camera and the size of the camera to do some cool stuff with it. Mm. But not enough. Like I didn't find myself writing down that was a really cool shot. Um, whereas even with train spotting, there are a lot more cool, interesting, weird shots. Right. Um, so I'm kind of hoping as we go on, like he starts to get that back again, but he is 47 by the time he made this film. And I'm honestly, yeah, just still constantly impressed with the energy, the youthful energy he puts into yeah. his films mm. um, to be hitting nearly 50 and making this kind of movie with the viciousness that it had at the time. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, yeah. I have a little bit of the, yeah, the opening I'm not as keen on and the ending I'm not as keen on. Mm. And I always say with Danny Boyle, I expect a kick-ass opening and a kick-ass ending. I yeah no, I remember now the alternate ending I definitely prefer the alternate ending mm -hmm. I don't like the zombies starving <laughs> I really right. don't I don't like this natural cure of, it'll all be alright you just have to wait just it out just let mm -hmm. them starve yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me and I'm way more interested in like this is a franchise being different types of films so 28 weeks later for me wasn't the film I wanted it to be because mm -hmm. this had done an ending that was very hard for 28 weeks later to write its way around right so that's what i mean by like 28 weeks later i actually think it's a great film if they make 28 months later and it's this i don't want to spoil anything in 28 weeks later but it only works as a bridge film to basically solve what 28 weeks later does is it solves the fact that this film ties up the end like the loose ends and says everything's going to be okay 
So then 28 weeks later has to exist to say, no, it's not going to be okay. So then 28 months later can do really what 28 weeks later should have done, mm. if you know what I mean. Um, but sadly, they haven't had 28 months later on the cards for a long time. It's been in development hell for ages. So mm. Frustrating. Um, I'd love Danny Boyle, since he's now revisiting films from ages ago, I'd love for him to come back mm. and do it 28 months later. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be cool. Uh, hi, hi, yeah, definitely I recommend it. Um, I would give it, trying to remember what did i give the beach i give it an eight didn't i yeah mm-hmm. i like this a little bit more than the beach um so 8.5 i think um, or, or it's an eight or an 8.5 but i definitely like it a little bit more than the mm. beach um and you guys i think i would probably give it something similar like either 8.5 or nine okay. um the only thing i don't like about it is the whole soldiers you know trying to turn the girls into like sex things and right, right, <laughs> that's just because it makes me feel really uncomfortable yeah um but it's, I remember it's very so true like it's what yeah yeah it's very realistic yeah. it's so it's a personal thing rather than uh, you know anything to do with the film it's okay. not the film's fault yeah but that's also like it's a horror film it should make you uncomfortable yeah, if it's I getting suppose, under yeah. your skin for some reason that's good yeah really. true true ali ali uh, so I gave, you have to give it mm. yeah because I gave, I also gave Beach an 8 so this would be an, an 8 or an 8.5 8, 8, yeah awesome really surprised that makes me so happy <laughs> the horror film is the one Ali has given the highest yeah. score to so far I told you I like horror films I just didn't watch a lot growing up because of the people around me <laughs> but Blame seriously others. that's I mean growing up I didn't watch it certainly in my household or with family members yeah. and if we ever saw previews in a cinema none of my friends were interested in watching it so, fair enough. Yeah. I didn't. Fair enough. Well done for obeying. <laughs> so your favorite so far is Twenty Eight Days Later. Me and Haruka are still on Train Spotting as our favorite. That's a high score. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Hes- yep. A hesitant yes from Haruka. Yeah. No. No. I think I definite think so. yes from me. Um, we'll see if that changes next time with Millions. Oh, <laughs> Look at the cover of that DVD. Isn't it adorable. That's a horrible cover. I've never seen this one. And Haruka hasn't allowed since this was going to be a fresh start for all of us. Uh, We'll be back with that uh, with episode six. Um, If you follow our podcast, um, We Are Geeks, then you'll also get this every single Wednesday and every single Saturday. Is that what I said before? Yes. Yep. Um, And every (laughs) Tuesday, you'll get our weekly podcast, Geeks, which just covers topical news of games and of movies and stuff like that. Hosted in LA and hosted with me at the moment here in the UK, other than when I'm back in LA. And we all do it together in a fun little bundle. Yay. Um, um, also if you can go on to uh, iTunes and subscribe to us that would be much appreciated go to our website wearetessellate.com and you can watch some of our music videos listen to some of our music watch some of our short films we're a production company based out of London, Tokyo and LA and we make movies we just finished making our first feature film called Starfish and more information about that will be up and we just appreciate your support Uh, we do all this stuff for free because we're stupid (laughs) you can follow me on social media it's Mr. Al White you can follow Allison, Ali, Sue and you can follow Haruka Harukabe there you go (laughs) learning (laughs) thank you so much everybody we appreciate it Till next time, we're out. Ta-ta. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Ta-ta. <laughs> you in England. Ta-ta. Too long. I, my mom says.